Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on the Bet 1520. We're very honored to have John Fossil with us. He was the brilliant man who worked with Ed Cox to win the redistricting lawsuit in New York State. He was given very small chance of winning this, and he defied all the odds. A very bright, uh, hands-on go-getter, John Faso. He served in the 115th Congress from 2017 to 2019, representing the 19th Congressional District in upstate New York. The district included all or part of 11 counties in the mid-Hudson Valley and Catskill region. John Fossil served on the House Agriculture, Budget, Transportation, Infrastructure Committees. He was ranked by the nonpartisan Luger Center as the 13th most bipartisan member of the House in 2018. And we did have Dick Luger on this show about 25 years ago. And so we're happy to have a former Congressman John Fossil with us today. Now, we have, I think, nine more Republican seats than Democrats in the houses of the last count. And um, the media, which, of course, is left-oriented, sort of downplays this victory with McCarthy, saying how difficult it will be for him to be speaker, how difficult it's going to be to get anything done. Isn't this huge? Isn't this enormous that the brakes will be put on the Biden programs? John Fossil. Well, Brian, thank you very much. Uh, Great to be with you and your listeners today. And uh, I wish everyone a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays as we're in this season. Now, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the speaker. Uh, I believe very strongly that he will. Uh, We have a narrow uh, majority in the House of Representatives. Uh, The majority is 218, and, and Republicans will have 222 Democrats will have 213 in the next Congress. So it's a narrow majority. That is exactly the majority that Nancy Pelosi had in the prior Congress. So and we've seen uh, what can be done when you have a cohesive uh, majority seeking to enact legislation. Uh, And certainly much of that legislation that Mrs. Pelosi pushed through the House uh, were things that, that I disagreed with. So I think that uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, will become speaker. Right now, there are five Republicans that are saying they won't support him. But I think at the end of the day, uh, they've got to be realistic. If if you want Republicans to hold the gavels instead of having Democrats holding the gavels, then uh, we should support uh, Kevin McCarthy in his effort to be speaker. Very good. Uh, Let's talk about the redistricting. You worked uh, very hard on this with Ed Cox. We've had him on this program many times uh, and with Nick Langworthy, the new 
incoming congressman in the southern tier in western New York. Um, this was a monumental effort. You were given limited chances of winning. You did it, you, and it changed the complexion of the House. I believe four districts went Republican with fair and honest districting. Let's talk about the effort, what you did, how you did, and the results. Well, uh, Brian, uh, thank you. Uh, this was uh, not just uh, myself, certainly, and not just Ed and me, but we had a team uh, working on this, and we had a brilliant legal strategist, a guy named Misha Saitlin, who is a well-known appellate lawyer um, who's actually based in Chicago, but he's a national expert on redistricting and the, and the litigation that is around it. So we have to, to tell the story very quickly. We have to back up to 2014. That's when the voters of New York State adopted a constitutional amendment that changed the way redistricting happens uh, in, in New York State. Now, as you know, once the census occurs every 10 years, the state legislatures are required to redraw the district lines for the state legislature and the Congress to reflect the population shifts within a state or within the country as it relates to Congress. So here, the voters in 2014 adopted a new procedure whereby they set up an independent redistricting commission uh, that that is composed of people from both parties and, and two independent uh, voices on that 10-member body. And they also contained language in our Constitution, which had never existed before. It was a very explicit prohibition on partisan gerrymandering. And for your listeners that may not be aware, gerrymandering is the term that's used that uh, goes back over 200 years in our country, whereby the lines on the districts will be drawn in order to have a partisan purpose to bring about a particular result. So the, the New York voters, however, in 2014, approved with 58 percent of the vote a constitutional amendment that had this independent commission. And it also had language that said districts may not be drawn to favor or disfavor one party or candidate over another. So it was a very explicit provision that says you can't rig these district lines that will bring about a better result for one party or one candidate over another. And so this very explicit provision adopted in 2014 had never been considered by the New York courts. And so fast forward to 2022, we have the census that came out and the census said that New York, because of population uh, growth, we didn't have growth like the rest of the country, we would lose a congressional district. So instead of having 27, as we have currently, come 2023, we will have 26 seats. So the Democrats uh, uh, went through with, they went through this process, uh, Democrats and Republicans with the Independent Commission. The Independent Commission submitted two different plans because the Democrats and Republicans on the commission couldn't agree. And so they submitted two different plans to the legislature as, as its first submission to the legislature, and the legislature promptly rejected those plans. However, the, legis the constitutional amendment said the independent commission has to then send a second set of plans to the legislature, and the commission never did. The legislature, upon the commission not sending that second plan, um, promptly took the matter into their own hands. And within a space of three days, uh, they 
pushed out a new redistricting bill, and the governor, Governor Hochul, signed it on February 3rd. And we brought our lawsuit that night on February 3rd because we were concerned about what they had done. And quite simply, Brian, to cut to the chase, the Democratic plan that they enacted and that Governor Hochul signed was a partisan gerrymander. And we had expert proof and analysis to show that. It's too detailed to get into in this discussion. But uh, suffice it to say, the court agreed with us at the Supreme Court level of the lower court. The appellate division in Rochester agreed with us as well on a three to two vote that the district districting plan was a partisan gerrymander. And then it went to the Court of Appeals. So that plan, what would it have done? That plan would have, um, out of 26 seats, it would have elected four, maybe five Republican members of the House. And the way they do that is they jam every last Republican they can find into four districts and thereby creating many more opportunities in the adjacent districts for Democrats uh, to elect candidates that they want. So the Democratic plan would have had a 22 to 4 margin in the House of Representatives. We sued. We went to the Supreme Court in Steuben County. The judge there agreed with us after an extensive hearing. The appellate division in Rochester agreed with us three to two. And then it went to the Court of Appeals. And here's what uh, most of the prognosticators were saying that you alluded to, Brian. They said, well, you'll never win in the Court of Appeals because all of those judges were selected by Democratic governors. And um, however, we believed that we had a very strong case and we had what the people adopted back in 2014. And the Court of Appeals, lo and behold, on a 44 to 3 decision, rendered on April 28th of this year, they said two things. One, the districting plan for the House of Representatives was a partisan gerrymander that um, violated the provisions of the Constitution that the people adopted in 2014. And second, they said that for the state Senate and for the Congress, the failure of the legislature to receive a second proposal from the independent commission violated the exclusive process that was contained in that constitutional amendment. And therefore, they tossed both the House and the state Senate lines. The assembly districts were not challenged in our lawsuit. So um, going forward, then the, the court uh, ordered the establishment of the creation of a, the appointment of a special master. This is basically an expert. Mm -hmm. uh, to draw the congressional and state Senate lines. Those lines came out in uh, early June. And one of the things that was necessary then the Court of Appeals found is that because of the timing of the political calendar, it would not be possible to have new districts for the state Senate and for the House of Representatives in time for a June primary. So the Court of Appeals, our highest court in the state, ruled that the, the primary for the state Senate and for the U.S. House had to be pushed back to August 23rd. And so that's why we had the unfortunate situation this year of two separate primaries. But this was all caused because uh, the Democrats were intent, the Albany Democrats were intent on violating the Constitution, and they thought the courts would let them get away with it. And our lawsuit, uh, which was very expensive to bring, and Ed Cox and I had to raise money to pay for it, 
Our lawsuit was the only thing that stopped them from rigging the district lines in our state for the next 10 years. And so we have the, then fast forward to November 8th when we had the general election. Uh, instead of Republicans winning four seats under a gerrymandered Democratic plan, we won 11 seats in the House of Representatives uh, under a much more competitive districting plan that was created uh, by the court-appointed special master. So uh, that's kind of a long story, uh, Brian, but uh, I think I covered uh, all the essentials. Uh, the, the, the bottom line is that we have competitive districts in New York State for the House of Representatives and for the state Senate. And uh, that's competitive districts, instead of just favoring one party over another, are, I think, in the public interest. And we need more political competition, not less, in New York. A wonderful job, a brilliant effort on the part of our guests, former Congressman John Fossil and former New York State Republican head Ed Cox. Uh, brilliant. They defied the odds. Um, very gifted approach, and um, the courts backed them up. Uh, John Faso, our guest today, who is the chief architect of the redistricting in New York State with former state Republican chairman Ed Cox. If you're listening in Buffalo, New York, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk. Bet 1520, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. We'd like to hear from you. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guests, A.J. Baines, president of the Amherst, New York Chamber of Commerce, Journey Gunderson with the Lucy Desi Museum in Jamestown, New York, and from Virginia Major General Bo Dias. Next week, we'll have Erie County Sheriff, popular sheriff, John Garcia on the program. A little bit more information about John Faso. He was a prime sponsor of legislation signed into law in 2017, which cracked down on the illegal shipment of fentanyl into the U.S. from abroad through the U.S. Postal Service. John Faso previously served in the New York State Assembly and was Republican leader from 1998 to 2002. A very gifted man. A little uh, plug here. Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading The Ampo Legal. The Ampo Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. Now, getting back to this redistricting on the part of... Uh, the Democratic leadership in New York State, was it just, was it greed that motivated them to put through this gerrymandered program, or was it just dumb? What what was the reason for this? It was um, uh, their quest for political power. They, they want to make New York a strictly a one-party state. And, you know, let's face it, we are on the verge of that. The Democrats have uh, large majorities in both the state assembly and the state senate. 
Um, Democrats control the governorship. Governor Hochul was just elected uh, to a full term um, by a relatively narrow margin, about five and a half percent in New York. Um, But uh, Democrats control the state controller's job, the state attorney general's job and both houses of the legislature. And so uh, they saw an opportunity uh, with uh, control of the legislature uh, for the first time in a redistricting cycle in a long time. They had absolute control because the Republicans had lost the state Senate in 2018. So they saw an opportunity. And um, I think um, the old expression, Brian, about uh, pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. Well, they were hogs in in this process. They were very greedy in their quest for political power. And uh, let's face it, they still have uh, uh, a 15 to 11 advantage in our congressional districts, but that's a lot different than 22 to four. And as you mentioned, the the work of New York Republicans and the success of our candidates and uh, meant that uh, we now, that's the margin of the House Republican majority, uh, because it's it's only a, uh, a five-vote margin uh, that we have um, in the uh, in the Congress uh, as a whole, and the eleven people we sent to we're sending to Washington in January to represent us: Nick Langworthy in, in Western New York and the Southern Tier, and Claudia Tenney has a uh, a big piece of the Finger Lakes region and and part of Western New York. Um, and others. Uh, we've won two districts on Long Island that we hadn't won in a long time. Um, Nicole Maliotakis, uh, who has a Staten Island and Brooklyn seat, right. won with 63% of the vote. Wow. Uh, the Democrat plan would have basically uh, broken up her district and made it very difficult for her to win. So all throughout the state, we, we had good candidates who came forward to run, and uh, fortunately, 11 of them were elected. Unbelievable. Uh, pick up of four congressional seats. Who would have ever thought New York State this is possible? Uh, so do you see a continued red wave with the incompetence of the Biden administration with inflation? Do you see this growing in two years? Well, well, I, I, I think we, we have to, uh, uh, I, I believe strongly that we shouldn't count our chickens before they're hatched. And uh, the, this election overall was disappointed be, because uh, uh, Democrats uh, defied predictions and they actually increased their uh, their number in the U.S. Senate. They now have 51 seats, so they have a clear majority in the state Sen- in the U.S. Senate as opposed to a 50-50. And I think we have to be very careful about uh, who's at the top of our ticket in 2024 uh, because. Uh, I think the Republican Party and and voters, and particularly swing voters in swing states, are indicating they want new Republican leadership. Um, so uh, I strongly believe that uh, uh, there should be a candidate other than former President Trump at the top of the ticket. Um, and in New York State, Brian, just from a parochial stand- standpoint, uh, President Trump received no higher than 38 percent each time he ran for president. Um, his numbers haven't budged. In fact, uh, he has higher disapproval now. And if you look at all of the swing districts we have in New York State, um, uh, he is not going to help down ballot candidates uh, get reelected. So I think uh, Governor DeSantis uh, or a- another candidate would be a stronger presence for us nationally and here in New York. 
Let's talk about the McCarthy agenda as the uh, new Speaker of the House. It seems he's pretty decisive. He's already called for the impeachment of the head of Homeland Program. Uh, Homeland Security. Yeah, he's pretty aggressive. Uh, Do you see a good tenure uh, for the incoming Speaker, Kevin McCarthy? I, I do. I mean, I know Kevin McCarthy quite well, having served with him. Uh, he's someone that, uh, look, not all the Republicans are all on the same page on every issue in Washington. And look, and you're, if you're in the majority in a country like the United States, uh, you're not going to have everyone uh, singing from the same song sheet all the time. But I think on the basic core issues, uh, Kevin can unite uh, the Republican Party. And I think we need to do two things. One, we need to be responsive to the public's concern about inflation and the economy and the debt and the deficit. And um, we also need to have a, a constructive oversight over departments like the Home Department of Homeland Security, where the Biden administration has basically turned a blind eye. The president is in Phoenix uh, this week, and he was asked, are you going to go to the border? And he said, no, I don't have time. I have better things to do. And we have more illegal immigrants coming across the border than ever before. It's uh, at a well over 2 million uh, in the last year alone. And uh, they, the Biden administration shows no disposition at trying to deal with the problem of illegal immigration into our country. And, you know, this is, this is, this is a, a prime issue, which I think the public is concerned about. Uh, but at, at its core, the public is concerned about the economy, where it's going, uh, the workforce and fentanyl and drugs in our country. Um, these are issues, Brian, you mentioned the fentanyl legislation that I was successful right. in, in getting passed. Um, this is, this is, there's no Democrat or Republican um, uh, it, de- delineation or difference here. I think every American wants to uh, take dramatic steps to deal with this. Um, but the the Biden administration, because they turned a blind turn a blind eye on illegal immigration, they are f- helping to facilitate these drug cartels bringing uh, fentanyl and other substances across the across our southern border. Um, so I think that the the Republican agenda in the House has to be focused on the economy and improving our economy, dealing with the immigration and the drug problems that we have in the U.S. Uh, and also dealing with constructive oversight over uh, the Biden agenda and the regulatory agenda that that they're pursuing. A little bit more information about John Faso. He was a Republican candidate for governor of New York in 2006. Since leaving Congress, John Faso has worked as a business consultant while maintaining a private law practice. Now, you told me you don't want to be the state new Republican chairman. Um, who, who is going to get it? There's been mention about uh, Lee Zeldin, also the Suffolk County Republican chair. Where do you see it going, John Faso? You know, Brian, I, I, I just do not know. There are a number, a couple of candidates that I've heard names, but no one has, uh, as I, uh, to my knowledge, has formally declared. And I think uh, people are waiting for... Um, uh, Chairman Langworthy to decide when he's going to uh, leave that post. I, w- I expect it'll be sometime 
early in the new year, and um, uh, we'll see what develops. But I, I'm not interested in having a job or certainly a full-time job, uh, but I'm, I'm very anxious to continue to help uh, Republican candidates get elected. But I think we've got we've to make a, a clear, convincing case to the voters in our state and our nation as to why our agenda is better than where the Democrats would lead our state and our nation. Isn't this huge to get the Republican House to stop the uh, liberal, woke Biden agenda? Oh, John Faso. Brian, Brian, I can't tell you how, how big that is. Remember, they passed many of most of these budget busting bills uh, that were way in excess of what was needed to deal with the aftermath of the pandemic. Um, they passed these bills through a process called budget reconciliation. That only requires a bare majority in the House and the Senate. And they passed those bills without a single Republican vote in the House or the Senate. And then they had to bring in in the Senate Kamala Harris to cast the tie-breaking vote as vice president. So that's not a good way to run a country where these highly partisan budget-busting bills get enacted without any kind of bipartisan consensus. so I think that uh, the Republican House will definitely be able to stop uh, any reconciliation measures from passing in that fashion. And that's really a, a tremendous accomplishment that we can put the brakes on this ex- excessive spending. And the spending needs to be smarter. Much of the spending it has been really uh, outlandish and wasteful. We have uh, just two minutes left on the Rusk Report, and there's been growing concern about the FBI and government agencies influencing social media, uh, basically employing censorship in our media of diverse and conservative viewpoints. Is this offensive to you, John Faso? Absolutely, Brian. It's it's a real concern. And uh, former prosecutor Andy McCarthy, who, who I read a piece that he, he wrote in National Review just this morning, um, he details some very disquieting um, information about how certain parties within the FBI uh, basically uh, tilted the, the playing field in terms of the revelations about President Biden's son just prior to the election and how they pushed uh, Twitter and others to basically censor uh, this information, which would have been important information for voters going to the polls in the presidential election in 2020. Um, So I think that um, uh, they really need to uh, have a thorough thorough review of what what went on there and uh, get to the bottom of the story. Very good. Um, Does the woke agenda really scare you in the United States today? Well, it's it's very troublesome, and it's uh, um, the way in which uh, our children are being indoctrinated in many respects uh, into this uh, woke agenda um, is really concerning. Um, I have to admit, though, I'm much more concerned about the debt, our deficits, our fiscal imbalances, and the challenge from China and the authoritarian uh, rise of powers like China, Iran, and, and Russia. And I, the the the, uh, uh, the fact that our military is is not fully prepared to meet this challenge if if it were needed, because the best way to preserve peace is to prepare for war. And Thank you. I'm sorry. Right we, now, 
we have to bring the uh, Rusk Report to a close. You're brilliant. You're gifted. We're honored to have you. Special thanks to Kevin Carr, our director of production, and thank you for enlightening us once again, former Congressman John J. Faso. Have a great day. Thank you, Brian. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.